Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Shante asks, how do we know what's inside the moon? So, wow, Shanti, thank you for such an insightful question. This is fantastic. So let's get into the different ways that we might know or guess what's happening inside the moon or actually any other planet without actually going inside of that planet. You know, we haven't even gone very deep into our own planet. So we have to make a lot of guesses based on clues that we have. So planetary science is kind of like a big mystery story, a big mystery novel, and the planetary scientists are the detectives. So we're going to talk about some of the different types of evidence we have. And we need to get all of these different clues that we have and put them together to try and make a story. Now, scientists are still getting more information. Every day we learn new clues. And this might change our understanding. Maybe we have to go back and say, oh, something that we thought was correct, that can't be correct anymore. So maybe it's something a little bit different. So let's talk about what we do with the moon. So the first clue that we have for what might be inside the moon is the density of the moon. So density is how much stuff is packed into how much space. And in order to know how dense something is, you need to know two pieces of information. You need to know how big it is. So what is its size? We can talk about its volume. So how much space does it take up? And then we also need to know what is its mass. Now mass is the amount of stuff it is. Now, lucky for us, the moon is very close by and so it's really easy for us to study and get really good images of. So we actually have a pretty good idea about the size of the moon. Now this is harder to do with planets that are farther away. This is harder to do with exoplanets or planets that are really far out in our own solar system. Now we can also get the mass of the moon by looking at a few different clues. The main one is how its orbit relates to the Earth. And so there's some fun math that scientists can do to figure out what its mass is. So put those two things together and we get what we call the bulk density of the moon. Now, this is where we have to start doing some matching. When we look out into the universe, we see that Everything that's made of matter, all the stuff that we see, is made from the same 90-some elements. So elements are the ingredients for all the stuff around us. If you look at your hand, your hand is made from elements. You're mostly oxygen, and carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and a handful of other ones, and something else. If you look at a rock on the ground, it's probably mostly silicon. It, so it's going to be silicon and oxygen. Um, 
when you look at a star, a star is mostly hydrogen. Okay, so we have the same ingredients, and throughout the universe, they're in mostly the same proportions. We see that some elements are really, really common, like hydrogen, and some are really, really rare, like uranium. So we can start to make some guesses about the moon and say, okay, well, the moon is probably going to be made from some of the more common elements, and it's probably going to be made from some of the same chemicals. So when you put elements together, you get different chemicals, right? So like if you put hydrogen and oxygen together, you get water. So water is a chemical, right? So it's probably going to be made of some of the same kinds of chemicals that we see in our solar system in this part of the solar system. So there's a good chance that the moon's going to have a lot of, say, a mineral like olivine. That's very common on Earth, and it's probably pretty common in the moon, too. So we can start to try and figure out what different kinds of material would match the density that the moon has. Now it gets really fun because it's the density is going to be different. Let's say iron, right? So we think that the moon has iron, just like Earth does, but iron at the center of the Earth or iron at the center of the moon is going to be squeezed. And so you could have a lot, iron can be much, much more dense than it would be all the way on the surface. So we can start to play with the proportions of the different kinds of materials and see what amounts best match what we see. Okay, now another thing that we can do that's really fun, and we do this with the moon, and but we actually rely on this more for other planets like Jupiter, is we can take gravity measurements because the density isn't always going to be the same everywhere. So if we fly a spacecraft around the planet, well, then we can measure what its gravitational field is and figure out what is underneath it. So that helps us to figure out what the layers are for Jupiter, for instance. Okay, now, here's the next thing that we can do. And we have done this on Earth, we've done this on the Moon, and on Mars. And these are the only planets that we've ever been able to do this, is we can use seismology. So seismology is basically listening to the planet. So we're going to listen to the vibrations or feel the vibrations of the planets from the earthquakes. Now on the moon, we could call them moonquakes, right? And listening will give us a clue as to what is inside. So let's think about why that is. Sound waves travel differently through different material. Here's an experiment you can do. Go around your house and I want you to knock on things. So if your door is wood, maybe your front door is wood, go to your door and knock on it and listen to what that sounds like. Now, do you have a door somewhere in your house that isn't wood? that is metal or glass, try knocking on that and hear how that sounds. Try knocking on your floor. What about knocking on the wall? Each time you knock on these different materials, the sound is different, right? It's the same knock, but it sounds different. 
Now, if you were to knock on a thin piece of wood or on a really, really thick slab of wood, it's going to sound different as well. So when we listen to the vibrations coming through a planet, that can give us clues to what kinds of materials are in the planet and how much of it because of how it changes the sound waves. Now, the reason that we've been able to do this with the moon, Mars, and Earth, and we haven't been able to do it with any other planets, is that we actually have to have instruments sitting on the surface of the planet, listening, feeling those vibrations. So with the moon, those were actually dropped off by Apollo astronauts, and they checked to make sure it was working by stomping next to it. Um, we've done this with Mars. We have the InSight mission on Mars, and then on Earth, we have seismographs all over the planet. And so we have a pretty good idea of what's going on inside of our planet and not quite as good idea with the other planets. But that gives us a bit of a clue. We have never landed on Mercury, so we don't have one on Mercury. And we don't have one on the planets that you can't land on, right? There'd be nowhere, we were talking about Jupiter earlier, there'd be nowhere to put one of these instruments to listen on Jupiter. So we can't use that technique there. All right, so we've talked about a lot of different kinds of clues so far, right? We can look at the density, we can look at the gravity, we can look at the seismology of a planet. We can also get some clues from the surface. What's happening on the surface of a planet can give suggestions, hints about what's happening inside the planet. Now, the first thing is that we can make some guesses that, well, some of the things that we find on the outside of a planet probably are going to be on the inside of a planet too. So when we look up at the moon, the side that faces us, Earth, have you ever noticed how there's some darker spots there? Right? The moon looks very bright and light, and then it has these kind of dark spots. Some people think that a full moon kind of looks like a bunny. Some people say it looks like a man. I've never seen the, the man in the moon, but I see the bunny. Anyways, those dark spots are the Mar, or Maria for plural, it's spelled Maria, but said Maria, and those are big, giant lava fields, cooled lava fields, and they're full of basalt. So that's a type of rock that we have here on Earth too. It's really, really common. So we can look up and see, oh, wow, well, look at that lava that's on the surface of the body. Well, it had to have come from the inside. So that gives us a little bit of a clue. But we can also look at, is the surface, does it have big cracks on it? Does it have wrinkles on it? If it has big wrinkles on it, that might come from the inside of the planet shrinking. Because when certain materials freeze, they shrink like iron. So we see this actually with the moon and we see this a lot with Mercury because we think Mercury's core is really big and mostly iron. And so as the core shrinks, it causes the surface to wrinkle. Now on other planets, like let's talk about Pluto for a moment. Pluto, although it has a rocky core as well, probably, it has a lot more water. And as its water freezes, well, water actually expands when it freezes. So we see these cracking features on the surface as the the surface of the planet actually gets a little bit bigger. So 
Shanti, these are just a few of the methods that we use to try and figure out what's happening inside of this planet. So add all of those together and we can start to draw a picture. Now the picture that we have for the moon is that it's very similar to the Earth and other terrestrial planets in that it has a crust on the outside, it has a mantle, and then a core. And the core is probably an iron nickel core, just like Earth, but a lot smaller than Earth's. And that might be why Earth has a magnetic field and the moon doesn't seem like it does anymore. It can explain a lot of different ideas. So thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful question. This was a lot of fun to explore. And thank you everyone for being with us and listening as we talk about and learn about space and planetary science together. And if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please have your folks send it into the email in the description box. And as always, friends, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.